business driving late at night psycho 78 12 o'clock don't be late i said all this horror business. greetings and salutations my name is justin lore and i'm leo O'Donnell. you are listening to episode 74 of horror business horror business and the reason I'm singing it is because we're going to talk about two movies that have lifted my spirits so oh, high. Oh, God. Oh, Past no. the clouds to, Stop. to kiss the amber cheek of the sun itself. We are going to be talking about 2000, 2003's A Tale of Two Sisters and 2017's The Mimic. Two South Korean horror films that are sure to make any gray day technicolor bright. Look, look. Technically, many horror movies are depressing, difficult films if you take them seriously. Yes. The thing about certain Asian horror is that they're going to make you take them seriously because they're going to put all of the real life trauma in. Mm-hmm. That, that they're like no one, at least that I've seen, I've never seen, especially a South Korean horror film where they're like yeah a bunch of happy well-adjusted teenagers just run afoul of some crazy people and then suddenly their life is turned over no 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 we start at pain and then we say how could we use the supernatural to make this pain much worse and that's how you make a south korean horror film yeah i mean it it it, it, it's a genre that yeah or a sub-genre i should say our next episode is going to be on 28 days later and 28 weeks later and I chose that because it's topical for the fucking worldwide pandemic we're going through right now. And also it's sort of like a like a reverse left-handed punch in the face from God where you're like, yeah, I mean, I know this sucks, but like, can you imagine if fucking there were rabid people trying to kill us and run into the streets? That would really suck. Yeah, we just have Republicans. Yeah. Which that, is basically the same thing. Same thing, yeah. Um, except the infected don't know any better, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and they'll die soon. So. That being said, there's a weird comfort in films like that. We're like, man, like my life sucks, but like, <laughs> at least I'm not hiding in an apartment building with with Dominic Gleason. Sure, dressed yeah. as a riot cop. Yeah, and then you know he has to die. These movies are, are sort of like <laughs> they kind of like peel back the fucking scarred exterior of the human psyche, and they scoop out the shit that you thought was healed. That you thought was gone, that you thought you dealt with, but you way the fuck didn't. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, that sucks. But you know what would also suck? A ghost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a painful human reality. Yeah. And uh, you know what happens when there's human pain? Ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky ghosts come out and they, yeah. do, they do weird things. Yeah, mostly they murder you. Yeah. <laughs> or they eat your soul or eat your chi, basically. Yeah, yeah. So uh, before we before we dive into the realm of south korean horror um we should let you know that this episode is brought to you by you our patreon subscribers thank you so much for any and all contributions you've given us we truly appreciate it it uh means the world to us that people hear the dumb shit that comes out of our mouths and they think i would like to support that so thank you very much um if you would like to support us and somehow you don't know how to you can go to patreon.com backslash cinepunks and figure out how to do it there so if you've donated, thank you. We really support it. We do have some stuff coming up. I swear on my second edition of Stephen King's It that something is coming out soon. As soon as, you know, we can figure out whether or not the world's going to collapse. 
<laughs> I would rather yeah. do something before that. Yeah, yeah, because... I'm, 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 I'm saying, well, I'm metaphorically. Um, we do have something coming. Thank you very much. Um, this episode is also brought to you by the premier screen printing company of the greater Lehigh Valley area. That's right. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Now, Liam, if I said to you. Yes. I am looking to get a shirt made that somehow gets the idea across that I would I would rather spend the rest of my days in a cave with a spirit that imitates the voices of the people I love rather than ever hear anything New Gingrich ever has to say ever again. Where would you send me to get that that, that t-shirt made? Uh, XLVACX.com. Interesting. Now, the folks that we have at Apparel Creations are very talented. Um, well, if you go there right now, actually, I think they're sort of like laid off. I mean, they're, they're yeah, they're not officially open. Yeah, but you can get something made there. Um, they'll help you. They'll take that idea that the 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 the, the, the word vomit that you give to them that you just walk in and I want this made and just just spew half formed ideas all over the place. They'll sift through those ideas and they'll be like okay and they'll throw them on the wall and be like how's this sound? So you want it? The, the, there's the tiger that imitates the voice of its victims. That's is it eating Newt Gingrich? Oh, it is. Okay, good. Okay, he's still alive, right? Okay, good. Oh yeah, we got that there. Okay, so let's see it. Okay. Um, uh, it chewed his balls off first. Okay, good. Do you want that on the T-shirt? Okay. How many words do you want? Okay, good. They'll help you with that. And they have reasonable prices, and they're 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 you know they're not complete monsters to deal with. So if anything I just said interests you for any reason, and you want to know more, you can go to www.xlvacx.com. That's www.xlvacx.com. And this episode, I'm not going to take any shots at Chris, because Chris is doing his part to help out with the COVID-19 pandemic. They have a shirt that is a design. So the design on the shirt is instructions on how to make a face mask at home, a homemade face mask. And they're very, it's a very easy to do design. Uh, and then they're selling the shirt that has that design on it. And all the proceeds from that shirt go to local hospitals. And it's important that you know all of the proceeds. This isn't a $5 of every shirt or $10 of every shirt. What they get from the shirt goes to hospitals, uh, goes to funds to help nurses to get equipment for underfunded hospitals or under-equipped hospitals. And so that's cool. And that's something that, you know, he doesn't have to do that. You know, he could just sit back and sell pictures of his dog on T-shirts. <sighs> People love those shirts, though. Pictures of Hobbs or Bruce and Lily? Bruce and Lily. That Bruce shirt kills. That's disgusting. I hate that dog. The I'm po- sorry. The, I point, hate- the point is not your hate for Bruce. The point is that. And Lily. The point is that he's doing this cool thing. So you should go. You should buy one of those shirts. And then to show your appreciation for Chris, you should get one of those LVSC hoodies with the new skull design. That's very good. And they're high quality yes, sweatshirts. Yes, they don't mess around. Um, Chris is definitely doing his part. He should. He's done enough monstrous things in his life that he has to pay the world back now. Yeah, karma. <laughs> so... Yeah, www.xlvacx.com. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at the LVAC. They'll, you know, there's all the information there. Uh, so yeah, go support that because you know, Lord knows our government's not going to take care of us, so we got to take care of each other. Yeah. So the the time has now come where I've lit seven black candles. Oh Jesus! Seven black candles, and I've pointed my owl skull to the north, and I call to the spirit of the north. I say to the spirit, show me the truth. Because you're into new age shit? Show me silence Liam's bullshit. <laughs> Except for what he has done recently in horror. And then you rub crystals on your nipples? Move through him. 
Some topaz. Some topaz. You can't, <laughs> I just realized, I just, this is like a, not a visual medium. I just realized that I'm like acting this out and like. No, yeah. Everything <laughs> you're doing is insane, weird. but I wasn't going to call you out. I, okay. I was keeping kayfabe. Good. I like that. So, uh, Liam, what have you done involving horror movies recently? Almost nothing, but there is one thing I did. And I did it specifically because I knew you did it, and that way we could talk about it. Okay. And that is, I watched episode one of Cursed Films. Yes, let's talk about it. So, Shudder and Fangoria have teamed up. I'm assuming executive produced probably by friend of the show, Phil Nobile Jr. Mm-hmm. He's at least on the on the show, but I think he he's involved behind the scenes as well. And they did this series of uh, shows about films, horror films, who have kind of like a, a reputation beyond the film itself, who are known as cursed films. The first one they did was on The Exorcist, which is may seem like a bit of an obvious choice in some ways, though... You know, as obvious as when we get to the episode on Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Not Tales from the Dark Side. The, uh, the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Yeah, that's what I meant. But still, I thought a very good choice and very interestingly um, went in a few different directions. Not just about the problems on set or about how one of the people in the film turned out to be a murderer. <laughs> yeah. uh, although, interestingly, they did not bring up the idea that he might have been the... Um, the torso killer? The torso killer. Yeah. They just left it at the the crimes he was convicted of, so that I thought that was actually very responsible because yes. it's it's complicated whether he was. Attentive listeners may recall when we actually talked about that with the the wonderful Adriana Gober mm-hmm. Gobert Gober Gober Adriana. I hope Go- that's right. I hope that's right. I'm gonna. She's fancy, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Gobert. When we talked, we did our episode on cruising, and we talked about you know how that was like sort of kind of inspired by. You know, Freakin's experiences while making The Exorcist. Right. Um, but they also covered the legacy of The Exorcist, which I thought was an interesting choice, sort of suggesting that the repopularization of exorcism as a social phenomenon yeah. could be tied to this film, which I had not thought of, but I think might be true. And I thought was the ending of the episode, I thought was actually very hauntingly done. What did, what did you think of the cursed films? Not to sound too hoity. Oh, and by the way, I actually didn't finish it. I, oh, I, okay. I, I, I made it about 20 minutes in and found myself starting to fall asleep. Not because it was boring, just because I watched it like late at night. I do intend to finish it. Not to like toot my own horn or be like, oh, well, of course, but like all the cool shit, the coolest shit they talked about was stuff I already knew. But it was interesting to hear it. I'll never get tired of it. I'll never get tired of hearing how, hearing about how William Friedkin was a fucking nightmare goblin to work with on that movie how he put a child's life in danger how he had little to no regard for the well-being of his actors that will always be fascinating to me and i don't really i i don't mean to be like to sound like a bit of an asshole i don't i understand that they had to tell this this part of the story because it's about it it shows how the film relates socially on like a wide scale you know how its legacy ties in with where we are as a society and, and, and as a culture the shit with these when they were like talking to people who were like getting like exorcisms i don't know how comfortable i am interviewing them or sort of what sort i'm looking for i don't want to say enabling enabling that belief that just because you didn't finish it oh okay because well yeah i mean because the final shot is all of these impoverished people talking about how poor they are and then handing this guy cash the whole thing was designed not to to do the exact opposite. In fact, the the darkest part of the episode is the suggestion that grifters like this asshole yeah. are relying on okay. this movie. It, it's it was almost 
it was haunting not just because of these poor people giving all this money and it's shown in the most here's a dude literally says like yeah because of all this stuff going on i don't know how i'm going to pay my rent or whatever and they have that voice going over as he's sitting there counting out cash to this fucking money grubbing exorcist and the fill the the episode really for me was like oh not only are they exposing how tough it was on set or about how the curse of the exorcist was 50% bullshit the studio made up because they were worried no one would see this movie yeah, yeah, yeah. which by the way is hilarious as an afterthought it's like saying like when when we made uh, fast and furious we just thought this movie would, would die on the vine and there wouldn't be any sequels to it at all like really that's weird yeah. cuz one of the most successful franchises of all time in, in the same way the studio literally thought no one wants to see this shit we got to amp up all this fake bullshit to get people to go which was was effective, I assume, but also part of me is kind of like, did you need to though? Because it turns out one of the most popular horror movies ever made. But sure, whatever, you know, like uh, I, I maybe mean, that's part of it. But but the but the way it ends by showing this guy as a total grip, like there's no suggestion that this guy is the real deal at that's all. That's what I'm saying. That's I mean, it, it's it's so if if it if it does redeem itself, great. If if that's the case, because that was one of the things I'm I was uncomfortable with is you have people who think they're possessed and you have people who think they've been abducted by aliens and they should be getting medical help and they're not. And so they're relying upon charlatans who don't really give a fuck about them. They're not even the, they're not even the kind of charlatans who at least like mean well, they're the kind of people who know they're full of shit and they're in on it and they, they're making money at the cost of this person not getting actual help, which I fucking hate. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that that's how that ended because did you ever see it's like a recent movie that I sort of like brushed off at first, but then I actually watched it. That movie, The Last Exorcism. Oh, it's very good. It's that's basically the plot of the like the last. Ex- it's like sort of like yeah. a guy who used to be like an exorcist who's like, no, 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 it was all fake, and now like what I do is I expose these fucking people. But yeah, I, I'm. I told you I I started subscribing to Shutter, right? You did. I'm a Shutterian now. Okay. Yeah. So. So I got Shutter. There's a lot of good content on there. There is, yeah. So I'm not I'm, just like the movies either. Like they've done a lot of cool shows and stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna watch it. I'm 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 in. I'm in for it. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it to people. I thought it was good. I mean, I agree with you. I kind of wish it, it it could have gone even deeper in some ways. But a, they couldn't touch any of the Linda Blair stuff. Like she just doesn't talk about it, and they just were like, okay, she doesn't talk about it. What do you mean the Linda Blair stuff? Like just all the harassment and whatever. Oh, you know? like, and they very specifically gotcha, okay. like. Do you want to talk about what? And she's like, nope, I don't talk about that. And they go, okay. And then the show moves on. And so, like, that's all they need to do. So, like, if you're sitting there going, well, that's weird. They ignored all that. They, like, let you know, like, we're not ignoring it. I love She doesn't want to talk about it. So, we're not going to talk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I thought that was well done. It's it's worth noting that the picture they showed of Linda Blair in the, in the, in the series, her yeah. with, like, the dog. Yeah. I have that picture signed. Sure. From her that says, like, to a fellow vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I love Linda Blair so much. She just went through a lot of crazy shit when that movie was coming out. A lot of people thought that she was actually possessed by the devil. It pretty much ruined her career. They wanted to, like, take her out, you know? So she had to have security. It was a whole thing. And so, like, I'm just glad, actually, they didn't spend much time about that. But that means if you're someone who's familiar with what happened on The Exorcist, it feels like there's not a lot to do. But I actually thought the way that they decided to explore the legacy, because they end sort of showing this guy as, like... I mean, granted, they're not trying to offend people. There's not someone on camera going, by the way, this guy's a fucking asshole. But when you see him, like... 
the way they show him talking and then the like i said that juxtaposition of the one gentleman saying how poor he is and how he has no idea how he's going to pay his rent and to have that audio going over him counting out this fucking huge pile of cash for this exorcist it's like well that's an editing choice you only make because you're you want us to say that guy sucks yeah yeah uh and it's kind of it, it honestly was kind of a harsh thing i mean it's it was to me the second harshest criticism of the movie the first being of course james baldwin's famous criticism which is like you know when that movie came out he wrote this review that was like of course white people think that what the devil does is steal little girls because their moms are sexually promiscuous as opposed to i don't know not do anything because uh the devil doesn't have to do anything white people do it for him and that was his review of the film and i thought Oh, that's a very good. That's a very yeah. good point. That's very good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I would highly recommend it. And you know, that's just the first episode. They're going to be doing a lot of other films, um, and I'm curious to see because some of them I'm very familiar with, obviously, but some of the movies that they were talking about as cursed films, I didn't know. So I'm I'm kind of interested to if see. They do. I hope they don't do it the Twilight Zone because I'm just going to be screaming at the top of my lungs at my computer. I mean, I know for a fact they're going to do the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, it's kind of. Well, I better uh, get my shouting hat ready. Let's, here's the deal. It's a thing about cursed films that's only focused on horror movies. To not do the Twilight Zone would be, it's just too, you know what I mean? Like, you, you kind of, if you're trying to tell someone this is a phenomena, you kind of start with the Twilight Zone and work your way to the other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, unfortunately, that's the only horror thing I've been able to do. I know lots of people are like, oh, so much free time, whatever, whatever, but I don't have any free time. Well, you're a dad. Doing dad stuff constantly, also trying to do multiple podcasts, also trying to mail some people their t-shirts. Apparently people, even in a pandemic, actually want their products they paid for. It's Those crazy. sons of bitches. It's crazy how they just want something they've already paid Those for. Those ungrateful skunks. <laughs> No, I'm I'm stoked that y'all ordered and, and we're getting out the uh the Jean Roland uh shirts right now, so I'm actually wearing mine right now. Yeah, you are. What movie is that? Shiver of the Vampire. Shiver of the Vampire. Hmm? Interesting. I know you're not really a Jean Roland fan. I'm not a not 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 really. I'm not at all. <laughs> You're just not quite a Jean Roland fan. Yeah, not quite. Almost. You better uh, not Jean Roland mention that again. <laughs> Whatever. We're going to eventually cover some Jean Roland on this show. Fine. I know you'll be mad about it. Oh, no, that's fine. I've done a lot of cool stuff hard recently. You want me to... No, I was actually hoping we could move on. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. No, yeah. What have you done that's hard related? Oh, yeah. Interesting. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> I watched a movie on Shudder called The Housewife that I thought was very good. That's weird. I haven't heard of that one. Um, it, the, 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 the poster looks like ultra Lovecraftian. There's like tentacles everywhere. Word, yeah. The movie itself is also like sort of up that alley. I just liked it because there was like the second second and third acts were like sort of unreliable narratory. Like, there, you know, there was like a lot of flashbacks, but done slightly different from when we f- saw him first happen like early on in the film so it just made you question like how much was in the character's head and how much wasn't it also had a lot of tasteful nudity which i find intriguing in horror that's films. interesting um not like blatant you know male gazy like leering via the camera just like actual like oh no that okay that 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 makes sense um had a very 
gorgeous ending. Uh, so it's on Shutter, The Housewife. Check it out. Uh, and then I watched the other night a movie called Swallow, which I've been wanting to see. As I said on Facebook, it went to a lot of places I wasn't expecting it to, and it made me very uncomfortable watching it. Which is, I guess, the point of like a quasi horror film. But this, the thing is, it's not really. I guess you could technically say it's a horror movie, but it's more. I don't really know how to describe it. Like it has, it feels like a sort of like French new extreme film, except it's not really that like, there's no real extreme part in it. It was just like a very, it dealt with a very uncomfortable theme um, and a lot of uncomfortable concepts. And there's a lot of scenes where it's, if you're, if you're a person for whom the sounds of teeth clacking against things, yes, triggers like your yes your, it, there, oh, i want to die there's a lot of that in this movie but i hear good things i've been wanting to see it it's very good no i mean it's it's it, oh, it, but that really bothers yeah. me what you just described really bothers me it, yeah it's it's definitely i mean it, it's there's a scene so just for the for the uninitiated um it's a film about a young woman who is she begins suffering from the effects of piku which is she begins just eating stuff that ought not to be eaten sure and i don't mean like uh, she starts eating, you know, like junk food. And I mean, like she's literally like eating marbles, batteries, thumbtacks, skipping jacks, handfuls of dirt, mm. like all sorts of shit. She's like compelled to do this. Mm. And Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Oh, fuck you. Brussels sprouts are delicious. <laughs> I hate them so much. You're an asshole. Um, They're so gross. Whatever. Um, But it, it also like it, it there's, there's like I said, there's there's a lot of other themes going on. Like by the time the movie ends. And by the time, like, what the film sort of wants to say is said, you've already forgotten that the most shocking thing that was marketed about this movie was, like, her the, the, her being compelled to, like, eat this shit. Yeah, that that's just, that's, like, sort of what it's, the the inciting whatever, but yeah, like, there's more you, stuff going on. Do you on. remember when Old Boy came out and they were like, he was locked away for 15 years and now he's out to get his revenge. Old Boy. And then by the time Old Boy finishes, you're like, oh, Oh, that's right. There was the thing in the beginning where he was locked up that whole time. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the movie is so much more like that's kind of what this reminded me of in the sense that like sure. by the time it gets to where where it's going and by the time it says what it wants to say, you're like, "Oh, fuck. Her swallowing batteries and thumbtacks and all that shit, nothing to do with anything." It's a fucked up movie, but it's good. So, uh it ha- also had I was talking with friend of the show Al White. Um, we were talking about this movie, and it has one of the most beautiful uh, final shots in any movie I've ever seen. That's cool. Yeah. So, Swallow, it's on Amazon Prime and Voodoo. So, yeah, go check it out. I guess we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> I guess we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to talk about... I'm not going to say any of these names unless I'm absolutely 100% sure I can pronounce them. Yeah, I mean, we'll just state up front that we don't know how to pronounce a lot of the names of the people who like, I were can pronounce, in and made these movies. I can pronounce that The Tale of Two Sisters is a psychological horror drama film written and directed by Kim Ji-Woon. I can pronounce that. Yeah, that's fine. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Kim Ji-Woon's 2003 South Korean psychological horror drama film, A Tale of Two Sisters. We'll be right back.
아들이 집에 내려오고 나서부터 이상해. talk about Kim Ji Woon's 2003 South Korean psychological horror drama film A Tale of Two Sisters written and directed by Kim Ji Woon the film is inspired by a Joseon Dynasty era folktale entitled I'm not going to try to pronounce that because I it will sound at best like I'm an asshole and at worst like I'm being vaguely racist the plot focuses on a recently released patient from a mental institution who returns home with her sister only to face disturbing events between her stepmother and the ghost haunting the house all of which are connected to a dark past in the family's history. That's an accurate description of that movie. However, is extremely diluted and watered down description. That's like saying, yeah, this it's, but basically what it's about. Yeah, so that's like saying, like, man, Adolf Hitler, he's a bad guy. Uh, it's like saying, a summer community is harassed by a shark. Three guys go to try to kill it, but things don't go the way they planned. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Jaws is about, but guess what? <laughs> about three men on the high seas not doing what they want to do mm-hmm. uh which is fuck each other oh jesus christ um let's let's back this up a little bit it's also like saying age of quarrels all right let's back this up a little bit okay justin yes what is your relationship to asian slash korean horror uh i try to keep it at an arm's length because it terrifies me because i don't understand it and anything i don't understand i hate that's sure not true that's not true sure um my relationship with asian horror is not great and i haven't watched much of it i would say like my exposure is probably mostly korean films like the wailing i saw the devil stuff like that those are fun those yeah. are later era though That's, yeah this this 2003 this is like the first crest right this yeah is just yeah. post ring and stuff um i saw the ring i saw the other one now did you see the original of the ring in the no. eye just the remake i just i didn't i wasn't impressed with it with the, the american remakes so i was like eh what about The Grudge? Did you see mm. the original of The Grudge? Didn't see the original Grudge. Oh man. Juan, I didn't see it. Oh man. Look, I have I have often said the scariest Japanese film of all time is the OG Godzilla. Godzilla. Wow, that's seen in I'm I don't I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, but I've often said and this is completely off topic, but I'm going to say cuz it is horror related. When people say that movie's not scary, it's like, "Okay, you're seeing that as like an American in 2020." Imagine being a Japanese person oh, yeah, nine yeah, yeah, years yeah, yeah. after we destroyed two cities in the drop of a fucking hat and seeing that opening night. No, totally. I would shit my pants. I, I, my, my scoffing was not 
because Godzilla isn't scary. No, 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 no. It's that the Japanese movies I have seen, which are scary, are so scary that like you saying like, I think Godzilla's the scariest Japanese movie, I think. Um, oh, oh, you poor soul. Mm. Oh, no. When we cover those movies, you're going to cry and you're going to say, I don't even want to talk about them on the it's podcast. It's not that hard to scare me, though. That's true. And and they don't involve aliens, which is actually where your fear no. truly lies. Well, no, because the mimic touches upon something that I'm also fucking terrified of. Which is? Things that look like people that aren't people acting like people. That's fair. That's fair. I don't like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, this actually, what's interesting about us covering A Tale of Two Sisters is that I think in America, at least, uh, A Tale of Two Sisters represented a shift because in uh, the earlier part of the 2000s, you could even say the end of the 90s, right? Um, Asian horror was being defined by Japan more than Korea. Absolutely. And Tale of Two Sisters was like the beginning of that shift that then led to like the uh, other uh, Korean directors starting to get attention and that would culminate in movies like I Saw the Devil. And, you know what I mean? Like yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Those would, and again, um, what that really represents is movies that were already doing pretty well in South Korea are now getting played in America, which means there's more money on the table, which means that you're getting more money in Korea because they know we're going to make some money in the U.S. because this is like cool. Now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Something, whatever. Um, but Tale of Two Sisters, it at the time, you know, so this came out in 2003, which means I probably didn't see it in the U.S. till maybe 2004. Um, and my feeling at the time was that this was weak sauce. That after the intensity, the cruelty in my mind of a movie like Ju-On, which I I have not rewatched in 10 years about. However, when I last re- revisited it thinking, ah, it's time to conquer this, this painful part of my past. I need to go back. Is and, that scary? It was to me at the time. It was less impactful because I knew what was going to happen, but still made me uncomfortable. It made me pretty uncomfortable. And when I first saw Juon, it wasn't even fresh. Like the American version was about to come out. I think the American version of The Grudge came out maybe around 2004, 2005, something like that. Uh, actually, yeah, look it up. Maybe 2002, actually. I'm not sure. But I was in 2003 renting the original Japanese 2004 came out in 2004 yeah the American version of the garage so that means Juon probably came out in 2000 or 2001 but I wasn't renting it until 2004 and I was living alone in Norfolk Virginia I there was a there was a theater in in Norfolk that was like a this is actually a cool model which I think other people do but this is the first time I saw it which was a cool artsy theater. It was an old historic building that was also a rental video place. And it was really clear that the rental video was helping pay for the theater. The theater was not quite a moneymaker. Okay. But the video rental, because that was still a thing at the time, Netflix was like barely off the ground at that point. And so a rental place was still doing pretty well. And their selection was like TLA level. Oh, you didn't live in Philly at the time. I don't know if you ever went to TLA when it was a thing, but... I didn't, unfortunately. TLA was like every movie ever you could think of they had this was like this level of thing and so they had both so the thing about juan is it's one of the few movies where someone remade their own movie so juan both movies were given given an english after title you know so it's like juan 
or when it came to the U.S. it was. So when it was released, the original was Jew on the Curse, and then they changed it to Jew on the Grudge. He made he remade it. So he did one version that was digital video. Yeah. Low quality, looks like shit, scared the crap out of me. He remade it, almost the same movie, but way higher quality with a full budget. I should not be scared. Scared the shit out of me. I've In fact, both those movies really fucked me up, and only when I saw the third of the movies, which is actually uh, the first actual sequel, that movie is bad. And so then I watched that and was like, okay, I'm no longer scared of these movies because that was terrible. Was that, was that the American version? No, he made his own. And then what's weird is that that sequel actually did better box office than the first John's. Okay. And and that was why they decided to make the American version. But it's really bad. Like, like it's very bad. And then he directed the American one, which I think is also bad. Like, I just, I don't know why. Those first two are so good, and he just couldn't recreate that for these other movies. So, I don't know. Uh, point is, I got into those movies. I mean, I, I saw The Ring, the American remake of The Ring in the theater, and, like, within a week of watching it, we were renting the Japanese one just to do a comparison, and then we were renting The Eye, and we were renting all these other. And, in fact, I talked about this on the episode of, of uh, Cinepunks where we covered Suicide Club, because yeah. that was another movie that came out that time that by the way is nothing like those other movies it's a totally different thing but i just got it at the time and because it wasn't the ring i was like well this movie sucks which yeah. now i watch it i'm like suicide club is fucking brilliant that's actually <laughs> an amazing movie but i was like not, there's not even any scary you know girl hair ghosts or whatever you know girl hair ghosts well you know the the the, the thing to acknowledge is that um if you watch uh tale of two sisters there's a lot of hair there's the hair thing there's the hag imagery there's a lot of well so that's like an asian ghost thing which i wasn't aware of in fact even after seeing these movies i wasn't aware of till later on when we were on the internet more and i was just reading more and more about films and there was this whole thing of like why asian ghost stories are different than ours and it was like like talking about how there's certain visual imagery so like in american films you see a dark hallway there's a door open there's a light behind the door. If something fucked up. You just you just see that image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, That's not cool. Don't go in there. Something bad's going to happen. In the same way, there's something about the hair. As soon as you see the hair, that for certain East Asian cultures, they're like, oh, that's a ghost. There's a ghost. That's a ghost. There's fucking hair. Ghost. That's a fucking ghost. And like, I read about that and then noticed when I was getting into some 70s Asian films that they did the the young girl hair thing that there was like this witch ghost whatever thing going on and you know i'm not an expert or anything i'm not you know trying to be like oh, this is it's tied to this i don't know i just you know read about it and it is like a theme in these movies that like maybe for american audiences were like there's a lot of hair coming out of places but apparently that has a resonance that we interesting you know connect with and tale two sisters doesn't have a lot of that but it, it does, does have it. it it's there and you're like oh right whatever so anyways point is when it came out, I just thought, this movie, whatever, whatever. And I have not rewatched it since it came out till for this podcast just last week. And I was watching it and realized, this is a fucking brutal film. It's actually an emotionally unforgiving film, and I did not respect that at the time. Um, I mean, even, even a... Uh, okay. Ending aside and what it's... Building up to the ending sure, aside. Sure, This a lot of terrible things happen in this movie even if they're ultimately not real 
to behold some of it is not real some of it is not real but the thing even the things that are imagined to behold them right is still fucking ghastly right um the scene where the younger sister is like locked in the closet by the stepmother it's bad enough you hear this child screaming don't lock me in here let me out please please i'm sorry and then the stepmother is like okay say you're sorry no i'm sorry you're gonna beg i'm sorry like making this kid go th- this 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 kid go through this like weird almost like sub dom kind of thing this like it's a very mommy dearest vibe if it you've is. ever seen mommy dearest it's very it it's vibe. very it's very unsettling it's very creepy it makes the skin crawl so it, it, it's these it's two flavors of unsettling it's like there's a child in pain that triggers like this sort of like paternal tw- fucking twitch inside of me and then there's this other thing where you're like oh that's like tabooy let's let's just go ahead let's just go ahead and say we're gonna spoil this movie if you haven't seen the movie and you would like to go in unspoiled then i would suggest you fast forwarding to the next break because i just think to talk about the movie because to me the movie is is two things that are very familiar the psychological thing someone is seeing a reality that we soon learn is not the reality. Yes. And then a ghost story. And individually, I think neither of those things is like bad, but they're just not that interesting. The way that this movie is like, smush them together for something new, it still works for me. Even knowing what the trick is, when it finished, I was like, that's very good. That's very good. It's very much like when you realize that one of our characters who basically is, I say one of our characters, our character who really is our perspective for the movie, that we realize that she's an unreliable narrator, that everything we've been experiencing through her isn't real. You assume that that includes the supernatural. And I just think it's very cool that this movie's like, oh no, all the ghost shit is real. The yeah. ghost is really happening. Yeah. It's all the other human drama. That's all made up. It's yeah. all in her brain because she's punishing herself because... Eh, Maybe she's a little bit to blame for this situation. Not entirely. A tiny, just a just a bit because just a bit. The 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 and again, I don't think we should focus on the ending too much yet, but the very fact that this movie rests on the on this thing where one of them allowed the tragedy to happen, but the other one was kept from solving the tragedy because she took the opportunity to be mean to her stepmother. And that moment when she's doing that and the stepmother just looks at her and goes, I think you're gonna regret this moment in the future. I just was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, when that part came on, I was just like, "God damn it!" It's kind of like, um, you know, if you have a, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor for this. If you have a a dish, right? Yes. And the claim of the dish is just that it's spicy, and then you eat it, and it doesn't taste that good, and you're like, "Well, that's not that exciting. It's just a little bit spicy." But then you have a dish that puts everything up to ten. And really, like, really screws your mouth up. Then you're just like, "Wow, you really killed it. You really nailed it." This film just every okay. The human drama that turns out not to be real doesn't matter. It's not real. She's really experiencing something. We are still insane. seeing it. We're, and we're still seeing, seeing it. it. We're yeah. experiencing it. And then when you realize, oh, that's her punishing herself. That's her brain punishing her for how she feels about something. That's great. That's not. That's not great. And then when you realize what the inciting incident is of everything we've been watching, that's another punch to the gut. Like it's like it's almost like if it did a little less, I would probably watch this movie and go, "All right, guys. All right, that's fine. Whatever." Yeah. But. Because everything is up to 11, 
every aspect of the film is up to 11 that when it ends i go oh that's amazing i can't believe you pulled that off i can't believe this worked for the whole time when when we say this movie is fucked up we don't mean it's fucked up in the way that like the guinea pig the american guinea pig movies yes or mermaid in a manhole or something like yes, that. yes 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 um this movie like i, I think liam's dish analogy was the best one like any asshole can make a fucking super spicy you know wow that was that was pretty intense whoo man but like it takes a fucking master to make a, a, a dish a spicy dish that is like super intense with a lot of uh whatever it is the yeah the other spice. flavors and other and things then, yeah. but actually tastes fucking good yeah that's what i'm saying like every part of it works and you're, you're just like how did you balance this this you know I mean, in a way, this sounds negative, but I actually mean it positively. How did you balance this shit sandwich? Yeah. You literally gave me a movie where everything is mean. There's no hope. No. Everything about it is a, a bummer. And yet it finished and I was like, that was, that was very good. That was very, very good. Yeah. It's actually like really fucking scary. <laughs> it's very like, scary. It's got, And not just like, it, it, it's not scary as in the way that like, uh, uh like what what's uh. What's a movie that is like a the horrific shit happens and you're like, man, that was like scary because like, no, no, no. I don't mean it was, I don't mean it was scary because we're witnessing a character like be afraid of like their own thoughts. Like that is terrifying. Yes, I admit it. The spooky stuff in this movie, the ghost is horrifying. Well, and people who've watched enough Asian horror, one of the things that American movies have ripped off to varying degrees of of successfulness with Asian horror is the perspective shot, the shot where you're like not sure what you're seeing and there's something, you know, so like, I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but you know, some of the Blumhouse movies, they'll do that thing where it's like, there's something in the corner and then you turn and it's not there. That's all stolen from yeah, yeah. Those Asian felt like they were, especially Japanese movies, were doing that way before we were. Yeah. Just that, what is that? And this movie, it doesn't push it. Like, I, I, I agree with anyone who says that's overdone. You're right. But in this movie, the under the kitchen sink, mm-hmm. where you're like, what the fuck is that? Is there something under that sink? Fuck. It's so, and it's, it's not overplayed. It's subtle. But when you see it, you want to leave the room. Yeah. You just, I'm done. I would like to leave now. I wanted to throw my computer out of my bedroom window at that part <laughs> and then burn the house down because there might be a ghost under the sink. Yeah, you just never know. Oh, my God. So uh, so what you're getting is, and then again, let's talk about the spices we're talking about here. You're getting the drama of the two sisters relating to the stepmother, right? And all of that is tense and it creates a sort of family tension, especially if you've been in a family where people are not acting in healthy ways and are acting out and are hurting people, then this will hold a special tension for you and it's intense. Then intermittently ghost shit is happening and the ghost shit is tastefully done in a way that hints of lots of scary stuff uh, that we've now lifted from these Korean and Japanese movies. And if you are someone who finds that stuff scary, you're going to find this scary. If you're someone who's skeptical, I still think it'll affect you, but I can see this isn't everyone's you know, uh, piece I of pie. I think the moments in the film leading up to that will put you in a very vulnerable mindset yes. where it might be it might be scary to you. Yes. That's how it affected me anyways, because I was so like, there's a twist in this movie, and when I say I figured it out, I'm not bragging about it, and I'm not saying it's broadcast. I'm just saying if you are paying attention to what's going on, you were gonna under if you pay attention to what's going on and you take into context literally the first scene in the film, you're gonna quickly pick up that something isn't right in this movie. And I don't mean the fact that the house is haunted or there are spooky creatures running around. I mean that um 
what we are seeing may or may not enti- may or may not be real. Sure, go, I mean we aside. already said we're going to spoil it. It's yeah. not real. It's so, not. Okay. It's so, not real. All yeah. All th- there is. There are two characters in this movie, for most of for most of the film. Right. Uh, the younger sister is dead, and the evil stepmother is actually not in the house. And what what we're really seeing is the father and his daughter who has a mental illness, and we know that we see flashes of what was an inciting incident, what was a horrifying thing. And the flashes, just the flashes of what might have happened are upsetting. Yeah. But then the movie does the whole flashback to let us know what actually happened. And that is depressing on every level when that finally happens. But before that, we know enough to know that when the real stepmother shows up, something bad's going to happen to her. You just know it's going to happen And what I liked about it was there was a moment where I was like, maybe the stepmother isn't as bad as she's being made out to be. Right. Like, maybe we are seeing a version of the stepmother that this child sees, which is the worst possible version of the stepmother. Nope. Not the case. The stepmother is actually maybe not as bad, but definitely still like a fucking awful human being. Well, she's different, right? She's an opportunistic coward. The stepmother that is the mental illness at least is a forward human who is like real about who she is. Yeah. And like her disdain is right up front. The actual stepmother is a, a fucking opportunistic coward who lets a child die so she can get what she wants. Mm-hmm. And, and then mocks. It's horrifying. And then mocks the other sister without, without the other sister knowing. Right. Hence the, you, the moment Liam brought up when you, you are going to regret, you're going to come to regret this moment. When that exchange happens, the younger sister is ready trapped in a wardrobe with the corpse of her mother that she just found after the mother died by suicide she's suffocating the stepmother sees this uh the older sister comes up the engagement they they don't flat out say it but it's very heavily alluded to that that moment that the the surviving sister the engagement she had with the with the stepsister she could have saved her younger sister and she didn't ergo you're going to regret this. You're going to regret that. Yeah, yeah. It's so cold. And then the movie ends with a shot of her. She's outside fucking trying to cool off after yeah. this intense interaction she had with her stepmother as her sister is slowly dying inside. It's fucking horrifying. It could be worse. They could have shown the little girl actually suffocating. Oh, wait, they do. I've, I'm sorry. I blocked that part out. Yeah. They do show her suffocating. They show it in agonizing detail where she's weeping and it fucking sucks it's just not it's not a good it's fucking oh god the hands the the her oh oh we you know it'd be possible to watch a movie like this and be like this movie doesn't care about your feelings and i would say the opposite is true this movie cares very much about your feelings and it cares about making you feel very bad yes it wants you to have feelings very bad ones very bad feelings and and you might think you know you know if you've seen like uh some like, you know, you referenced the old boy earlier. Yeah. You could see a movie like Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and think like, because that's a, that's a cruel film. And yeah. think like, oh, I get that. I get Asian horror. Unforgiving. It's unforgiving. This is just for me on that emotional level. And again, it's because it works, right? If the movie didn't work, you'd be like, this is the dumbest. Guess what happens? Then she's under the wardrobe and it, it's, it could be seen as almost stupid. But then the movie nails it and you're like, oh, no, you're hurting me. Like, this actually yeah. happened. Like, this isn't pretend. It doesn't feel like pretend. So, in addition to the fact that we are 
we realize like, oh fuck, this whole movie has been this teenage girl's horrifying guilt and trauma manifested in these hallucinations where her personality has been fucking splintered into two other personalities. Like that in and of itself, if we stop right there, that sucks. That's a shitty, shitty reality to live in. But there are also go there's a ghost in the house. Possible multiple ghosts. Yeah. So it's like like this isn't just some stupid where it's like oh it's a psychological twist where it's not all in her head. Her younger sister is actually haunting this house, and I think I want to say her mother is too because she has like nightmares about that, and that's a whole other ball of wax that fucking sucks too. I want to say it sucks. Yeah. I don't mean like oh the movie sucks. I mean like it would really suck if that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be in a bad mood. That would ruin, <laughs> that would ruin my day <laughs> if a if a spooky ghost came in my room and fucking leapt at me. Ah, eh, and I'm going back to bed. Um, so it's like the the in a way the film feels to a certain extent like about karma, you know, like yeah. the sister has her price to pay, unfortunately, which is she's going to be dealing with the psychological you know impact of this tragedy forever. Yes. And that could be the whole movie. It's just about that. But then the universe steps in and goes, oh, no, stepmother has to pay. Yeah. Like, yeah, here's, here's a ghost. Yeah. Ghost is just going to take you now. Like, that's you're done. You yeah. know, like, that's how that's going to go. And um, honestly, if the movie had ended with ghost sister kill stepmother, you would say, well, actually, it's kind of a satisfying, kind of a satisfying ending there. Like, that's OK. Justice is served. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. But then the movie goes, oh, you know, we never did quite show you guys exactly, exactly why all this is happening. Let's let you know what? Let's roll the tape back. Record scratch. You're probably wondering how I got here. Let's show you. And it's so... Again, I almost feel like we have to make jokes about it because it's just a dark... It's a dark thing. Have I seen darker movies? Sure. Yes, I have. That doesn't change the fact that this is one of the darkest... No. At least like uh, a horror movie that played in theaters movie I've ever seen. This isn't like a straight to DVD fucking whatever. No, this is when you look into the Herzogian abyss that is this movie, (laughs) the only rational reaction is, (laughs) oh, okay. Like, otherwise (laughs) you just leap into it and all is lost. Um, Can we talk about the, can we talk about the under the sink? Yeah, please do. That whole scene, the, with the, with his, was, what is it? His sister-in-law? Yeah. Her having the seizure was one of the f- most frightening parts of that movie for me. Yeah, it's Because it was up. so, it was so much like, um, what's her face from Possession? Uh, yes. Yes. Like, this woman, like, just fucking animalistic, freaking out, screaming, howling, and you're like, oh man, this possibly is, ooh, this is scary, it possibly can't get any worse. Camera cuts over under the sink. Holy shit, it just got the worst it could be. And it, she's having, they're having a very awkward dinner. Um, the stepmother, who of course, if we revealed, is not the stepmother. It's the it's his other daughter who's alive, but we're seeing her as a stepmother because that's how she sees herself. Is ruining dinner, just saying Making, crazy yeah. shit, just crazy shit, and so it's awkward for everyone. And then at that exact awkward moment, like many mean movies do they're like oh you know we make this even worse if one of you had a horrible health scare during this this thing so the woman the the one of the guests uh goes into the seizure and then while she's having a seizure she sees the dead girl ghost under the sink and it's so fucking upsetting and it's not a happy ghost like casper no it's it's not a friendly ghost this is not the ghost that's like whimsical and helps you solve problems nope if you're a child it doesn't help you with your homework 
It is it's not Ghost Rider. No, it's not. What? The Pen and Stare? Oh, that's fair. Oh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Like the blue ball. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is, uh, it's a thing that exists and it's unpleasant and I don't like it. And I don't ever want to see this movie again. Is this a movie that you don't ever want to see again, but you could say to someone like, oh, maybe you should see that? Yeah. Or is this like a, fuck, this, I, I just, everyone should avoid this movie. Check this out. Ready? I'm going to lay something down. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. I went to the Holocaust Museum a couple of years ago and it fucked me up. Yeah, sure. Gave me a panic attack. I had to leave because I'm a human being who has empathy for myriad suffering of fucking millions of people. I would say you have more empathy than many human beings. I like to think so. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, that being said, I think every single person should visit the Holocaust Museum. Yeah, of course. I think it's important. Yeah. In that sense, I think it's important historically so we can understand the threat that faces us when we give fascism a pass. In this case, I think everyone should watch this movie because it is, above all else, it's an amazing film. It's beautiful to look at. It's a very effective film. It's very sad. It makes you feel alive, even if you wish you weren't. And it made me feel so many unpleasant feelings. I want everyone else to feel as unpleasant as I do about sure, this movie. Sure. I want the fucking misery to be spread out. In addition to me wanting you to see a great movie, I also want you to feel like shit. And that makes me selfish. I'm aware of that. But I'm okay with that. I just think um, it's also a reminder that uh, scary things are more scary when you care about the characters. Yes. And when actual human drama. Now, granted, I, I'm not going to say that any of these characters are like super deep. It's not like this is like the deepest character study that ever exists or anything no. like that. But there's real human drama connected to the scariness. And I think that deepens it and that exploration of trauma. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to, I don't want to oversell the movie. This is not a, this is not an intellectual examination. Like you're not going to get depth here. It's just a movie that is fucking with you and it does it super effectively and it does it by connecting to actual, you know, not actual like as in the real world, but to a situation you can say is horrifying and then being like, well, let's add on to that psychological trauma and then a ghost. And that, that those ingredients with this core of actual tragedy makes a pretty good sandwich. And that's really what it is. It's not like, it's not like oh, it's, it's just most brilliant. And that, but that's not the point. Simply in doing this well, it is brilliant. It yes. doesn't have to be, also they've figured out some deep human truth. No, 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 no. This movie's not interested in deep human truth. No, there's no... There's no insight. There's just your pain and suffering. There's no deeper understanding of the human condition after you watch this movie. There's no understanding of, of why we know what caused this pain for this girl, but we don't, there's no found truth through the suffering we witness in this movie. All we know, the only found truth is that um, all of this really fucking sucks. Yep. And there's a lot of pain floating around. That's all there is. That's all this movie is, inter is interested in telling you. And it does it just very beautifully, but it also sucks. Yeah, so you should see it. Yeah. So, curiously enough, the title, like, directly translated from, in, in, in Korean is Rose Flower Red Lotus. Curious what the meaning of that is. I would love to take a guess, but I have no idea. I mean, obviously that's the two sisters, but which one is Rose Flower and which one is Red Lotus? And what is the meaning of the two flower? You know what I mean? Like... What does that mean? Does that have a cultural significance? Or is that just two random designations for these two sisters? 
I don't know. Well, if I had to make a guess, an extremely uneducated guess, might I add, the red lotus, I believe, is tied to Buddhism and the idea that the lotus symbolizes understanding and enlightenment. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Never heard of the lotus where he holds the lotus flower? I mean, the only thing I know about lotus is like, supposedly you can get high from it. That's all I know. The Wu-Tang Clan raps about lotuses, don't they? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was A Tale of Two Sisters. You should go watch it. You should, you should, you should. You know what it's available on? What's it available on? Shudder. Is it on Shudder? We actually did a double Shudder episode and I didn't even, it wasn't on purpose. Is the Mimic on Shudder? Oh, it is. I watched both of these on Shudder. Interesting. Both these films are available on the streaming service Shudder. I had no idea. It wasn't like a plan. Yeah. It just happened. It just happened. So that's Tell Two Sisters. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk about 2017's uh, South Korean horror thriller. What the fucking thriller? South Korean horror thriller film, The Mimic. We'll be right back. And we are back to talk about 2017's Korean horror film written and directed by Ha Jung. Just own it. We're not going to pronounce things correctly. It yeah, it's Ha Jung. Uh, the Mimic, not to be confused with Guillermo del Toro's film, Mimic, which we covered a while back. Uh, the plot is a woman whose son is missing takes in a young girl she finds near Mount Zhang, a mysterious mountain where there appears to have existed a mythical creature which mimics the voices of humans. That is terrifying. And apparently this is based on an actual Korean folktale. The, uh, it, it translates to the Tiger of Mount Zhang. I picked this on a whim, literally by Googling South Korean horror films, and this was like, I saw the sure. poster art, and I was like, no, eh, let's fucking watch it. Yeah. And if you're going to do a double feature of these films, guess what? This one's going to bum you out just as much. It's it's not as dark, but in dealing with certain subject matters, it can feel almost as heavy. You know, the, the, I think A Tale of Two Sisters is a little more like, you know, it's in the style of the time. 2003, there were a lot of movies coming out that were kind of like, Let's let's just punch him in the gut. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. movie's a little bit fancy. It's got a little more fanciness going on. There's a little yeah. bit of like a showmanship going on. But there but in using a family dynamic and especially a lost child as sort of the inciting incident of the movie in some ways, it really is kind of heavy and upsetting. That ending that ending Oh yes. It broke me as a human being. It's harsh. So uh, Again, much like with the last movie, I picked this movie because of the cover art and because it was about people being tempted by something that pretended to be human but wasn't. And 
that is one of the scariest things for me. That just freaks me out. By the time this movie ended, I fucking wish. I wish that the scariest thing in this movie had been an inhuman thing pretending to be human. I wish that was the worst thing about this movie. Mm. I would be so happy if that was the worst thing about this movie. Mm. The worst thing about this movie was a woman who was so destroyed by losing a child. She followed something into the depths of the earth knowing, fucking knowing what was going to happen because she just missed her son that much and she just craved any sort of temporary alleviation from the fucking abject horror of losing a child. And yes, the last shot of this movie is this woman walking into this fucking dark cave with this little girl that she knows is, like it's, like Liam said, it's, it's this weird, spooky tiger thing. Let's start with the beginning. So this movie, start with, yeah. this movie starts with uh, a man and his mistress disposing of his wife, who is tied up in the back, and he's just looking for a place to put her, and he finds this cave, and he's going to throw her into this it's cave. It's bricked up, by the way. It's a bricked up cave. Uh, side note, if you see a cave... And it's bricked up. If you see a cave, you could stop right there. If you see a cave, get the fuck out of there. No, no, no. People go into caves. Oh, I'm, they okay with, I'm okay with that. Mm. I don't think caves are inherently a bad thing. But someone took the time in the middle of the woods to put bricks over a cave. That was them telling you to fuck off. That's what yeah. they were doing. They were helping you out. It saying, wasn't a sign that said, like, no trespassing or, like, yeah. a fence. Yeah. They literally put a wall in front of it. But he's got to get rid of a dead woman and in hey, for a penny in for a pound in a lot of uh a lot of korean films i've seen when there's a theme of like infidelity it can often lead to violence there's a lot of stories of husband is now going to murder his wife so he can be with whoever and you know i appreciate that as a theme because that's how real life works a lot of people get a lot, yeah. a lot of wives getting murdered because men are monsters and that makes sense but Oftentimes something bad's gonna happen when when that happens. There's a lot of like sort of a revenge theme yeah. going in these movies, and in this movie, that's what well, I, thought. I would say a karmatic thing. Yeah, yeah. And I thought in this, that's what was gonna happen, and it kind of does. But really, what it's about is this other family, and all that this scene is about is being like the door open. You know, the door is now open for whatever's in this cave to get out. And so this family moves into a house nearby. They run a dog rescue. Whatever, whatever their whole life is sort of being relocated because um, it's a it's a husband and wife, their daughter, and then the husband's mom who has uh, Alzheimer's or something. Dementia, Dementia we'll say, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, they have lost a son. Yes. And the wife is still understandably upset. I mean, the whole family is traumatized by this, but she's carrying a lot of guilt. And eventually we learn she's carrying guilt because she left the son with his mom and son got away from her and who knows what happened who knows what happened so cave scary cave is open yes local kids find scary cave weird shit happens cops come to check it out and bada bing bada boom there's a little girl in the woods who doesn't talk who's traumatized and this woman instead of calling the police just starts to take care of this girl which is tragic right that's heartbreaking right there and you know she's doing it because of the pain of missing her son yeah and that's why she's not recognizing how fucking psychotic it is she found this girl in the woods and now the girl a claims to have the same name as her daughter it's a weird red flag b is covered in bruises like clearly is a victim of abuse and uh c 
just then starts to repeat everything that people say to her. Uh, D was in the middle of the fucking woods. And so um, as the movie commences, spooky things happen. People start to disappear. Um, uh, weird things happen with the little girl. Nothing too menacing at first. You, you feel bad for the little girl. You feel bad for the little girl. The little girl is clearly traumatized. And so you feel bad for her. And then at a certain point, this uh, as things are moving forward, you know, she's the woman's not very trusting of police because she didn't feel like they were very helpful with her lost son, which is understandable. Yeah. But eventually both the mother and her husband go missing. And so she's freaking out. And there had been earlier this weird priestess woman who had warned them and of course they the ignored it. They local ignored blind village. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then finally she goes to this woman and the woman has this whole dump info dump about there's this tiger spirit. The, the detective. And, there's also a detective who has sort of like a right. the Google expert. Right, and he's he's like done some research and sort of points out that this little girl that this woman's seen went missing in the 80s. Yeah. Which, by the way, realizing that the 80s was long enough ago that it was a long time ago, as a 40 year old, yeah. I was like, oh fuck, right, yeah, <laughs> that would be a long time ago because that's what I'm from. Yeah. Um. Anyways, point being, through the info dump, we learned that. The girl is clearly whatever, a spirit or something, something. Not a human being. Not a human being. And apparently the the she had a father who worshipped this tiger, this spirit. I mean, they say tiger, but it's pretty clear that it's maybe not a physical tiger, but maybe it is. It's like it's, a trickster. Yeah, trickster. yeah. It's, like, it's, like, it's yeah. like a trickster figure, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but he can come out, the, the scary dude comes out of mirrors to like take you. And so the movie sort of transitions into... You know, standard chase horror movie stuff of like he's coming for them, her and her daughter are trying to get away, whatever, whatever. Finally, she has the girl who's clearly not human lead her into the cave to go find the husband. Or Never whatever, do whatever. that. Then there's a lot of cave chases. There's a lot of stuff with mirrors. There's the goop. dudes coming out. And side note, the th- important thing to realize is these spirits are feeding off of your chi. Now, if you don't know anything about whatever, it's she is this like it's like your spirit it's like uh it's like uh the unseen something of you it's the force <sighs> i mean that, that not to dumb it down too right, much right, it's right, like right. a life force it's it's yeah i don't think there's i don't think there's like an equivalent in because it's not quite a soul the point is as they eat your it's, chi, it's your life we'll just say life yeah. force yeah as they eat your chi you lose your ability to see yeah which is an interesting theme as uh, mirrors are an important part of this thing. Uh, and I think that the connection of the mimic. So the idea here is that both the little girl, which is upsetting, and this other spirit, which is basically was her father from when she was alive, that they can mimic whatever voices they want to. And not only that, they in some way see you. They see your history. They see your past. They see your pain and your suffering. They see. Your, they know how best to exploit you. And that's what they're exploiting is yeah. that stuff. And uh, the connection of that to mirrors I thought was symbolic. Like I don't know if that's in the original fairy tale or not, but symbolically in the film, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So this idea like the mirror is how they're going to get you. They're going to come out. Well, I mean, it's it's um, it it got me thinking about about uh, it, the character of it, how. Sure. You know, they talk about how in the book there is no, it doesn't have a face. It it serves as a mirror to to, to find what your greatest fear is, and and then it it blinds you with that. It, it's just it's simply a mirror, and that's how it gets you. And that's the same thing in this one is like it doesn't it, it obviously doesn't you know take the shape of your fucking dead brother or whatever, but 
it sees in you what's missing, I guess. Well, and it draw the point is is that it wants to draw you forward to it so that it can then kill you. But it's interesting that that's then tied to this idea of blindness. That the the spirit, the dad spirit, he's he's basically playing a game of 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 uh, Marco Polo. Yeah, he's saying something that makes you feel bad mm-hmm. with a voice of someone you love, and then he's waiting for you to respond because he can't see. All of his chi is gone. He's just the embodiment of the tiger. So. He's hearing you, and that's how he comes to get you. Yes. You know? Um, that's really cool. Uh, but the thing that's so upsetting that I'm, I was trying to get to here is that, you know, this latter part of the movie is almost entirely scary movie chase stuff. Very well done. Yeah. But scary movie chase stuff. If you're familiar with horror movies, it's, you know, it's all going to feel very standard. He's upsetting. He's goopy. And part of his face is starting to turn into a tiger. There's the question of the little girl. And eventually... The little girl, the 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 mother and the father, our main characters here, are escaping. They're both basically blind at this point. You know, dad's fully blind. She's having trouble seeing, and the little girl is calling to them, but using the voice of her dead son. And this is what you realize: the tiger wins because the tiger doesn't just have scary abuser dad. No, scary abuser dad, not really that useful. Really, he can snatch people and you can eat them. But you're going to see him. If you see him, you're going to run away. Yeah, you're going to run away. He also has little girl. And little girl. That little girl is so adorable. She's an, she's she's, like, a, she's adorable. She's a victim. Like, she's definitely, you know, whatever. It, but yeah. the thing is, what's what's so nefarious about it that works so well, that makes the end of the movie, so, is that in her sincere fear, in her sincere vulnerability, in her sincere desire to be protected from her own father... That's how the tiger gets you. Mm-hmm. Because I really believe the way the movie worked, that the spirit of that little girl is legitimately saying, I need you to protect me. I need you to come here. This is what I want from you. This yeah. is I'm putting that. And that's how the tiger's going to get you. And it's so fucking evil. Like that idea no, it, is so dark. It like the so the so the woman chooses to go with the girl because she just can't handle the guilt of her loss. She's she, she's she's it's it's uh, it very rarely very 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 rarely in films have i ever seen a character that is truly lost like tr- truly right, right. like there's they're right. just they're gone right the mother in this movie when she is wandering back into the cave and crying out for her son fucking got me on such a visceral level right and just like every ounce of empathy i felt was just like going out to this woman because it was you know it was it was sort of what made um it's sort of the darkest part about my second stephen king reference it's the darkest part of pet cemetery the darkest part of pet cemetery is i miss my child so much i'm gonna do something that i know will probably backfire and i know will probably go horribly wrong as wrong as can possibly go and I know that, and I'm still going to do it because I just want to see my son. I just want to feel something for them. I want to feel my child for a moment again. But I'm, this is where I'm going to. This is where I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. It's been blown. It's been blown. But I'm saying, in a way, this is better than Pet Cemetery. In that, how much scarier would Pet Cemetery be if Pet Cemetery, if the cemetery was like, here's your actual son back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your actual loving son, not murderous death child who yeah. immediately go 
oh, that's a fucking monster. Yeah. We're going to actually recreate your son perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then your perfect recreated son is going to get you to come back here and then we're going to eat you. Like, that's yes. what makes this so much darker is that at any point you want this little girl, not want, but some part of you wants this little girl to be a scary monster. There's even a moment where she's interacting with the real daughter, the daughter who is not secretly dead daughter. Yeah. You know, the, the, this woman's actual daughter. And she's got this piece of glass. And you're thinking, this is the moment. Little ghost girl is going to stab other little girl, which I don't want to happen. I'm not saying I want it to happen. But this is the moment where we finally, the mask comes off. Yeah. Mask off. You know, let's, let's finally do it. Masks are off. No, 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 no. That's what makes her so good. She's not wearing a fucking mask. And her being her actual afraid ghost, who is now trapped for eternity with her abusive monster father, mm-hmm. that sincerity is how you are trapped, how she's going to get you. And if you really pay attention, the movie hints at that because um, in all of these testimonies that the, the cop is finding of these missing persons reports, they all mention the girl. Very few of them mention the dad. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, all yeah. mention the girl, that the girl is the lore. And you're assuming that the girl just sets you up and then the dad comes and gets you. But really, the, the girl is the real coup d'etat of the whole thing. two aspects of... I See, I don't even think there is a girl and a father. I just think it's the tiger and... and... Sure, sure, sure. But, 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 but the embodiment, again, the girl never has a heel turn. No, 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 the, no, the, no. The father is the aggression. Yeah. The father can do the voices, but even when he does the voices, there's like a meanness to it. And then he shows up and he's going to get you, you know. The girl, though, it's so much trickier that she is actually the spirit of it, this like vulnerable being. Yeah. The pureness of, I mean, they earlier, the tiger wants her because her chi is so pure. That's what he wants. Yeah. And it's now that he has that pure chi he could trick people forever. He'll always be able to win because, you know, scary scary priest man still is pretty scary. He kind of works. You yeah. Know? He'll snatch you up. He, he's gotten other people in the movie. But really, that little girl, that's really where the heat is. That's really where it the should, heat is. It should also be noted that the scene where the scary dad sacrifices his daughter to the tiger is pretty rough to watch. Oh, yeah. Let's be clear here. Let's back this up a little <laughs> that's bit. That's pretty I think this. Up. I think this movie's pretty, pretty great. I think it is... A lot of it is very familiar. So like A Tale of Two Sisters has a certain like harshness to it that'll be immediately unfamiliar to a lot of American audiences if you haven't watched other Korean films. Yeah. The mimic is uh flashy, it's smooth. It feels like in many parts like a Blumhouse movie. Like it's like a it's it's not that cruel. But then the actual plot takes turns that I think not a lot of American directors, like not a lot of American directors were like would be like, yeah, 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 let's see him like staring at her and thinking about it. And then let's just have the actual sacrifice. You know, now when we say sacrifice, he doesn't stab, you don't see her stabbing or anything like that. In fact, that level of cruelty might actually, I think, push us over the top where it's whatever. It's the fact that she's just crying in a jar while he does his dance. Yes. And then they both just disappear. Yes. He seals her in a jar. Yeah. Dances around it. Slaughters a pig. Yep. Smears his blood in a mirror. Yep. Rubs his face in the mirror. Yep. Dances around some more. Yep. And then they both disappear. They just disappear. The sincerity of her tears, not just there, through the whole movie. Every, My dad panic was through the fucking roof every, during that scene. Every time this little girl cries, it doesn't feel like acting. You think, oh, no. what did they do to that little girl yeah. to get her to they, cry like did that? Did they kick a fucking dog in front of her? Like, 
She's just this heartbreaking little, this waif child. And so, like I said, I think the filmmaking is pretty smooth, pretty like, you know, entertaining. It's, you know, it's dynamic. There's not a lot of like awkward dead moments that like some of these films used to like get under your skin. It all feels like very upbeat isn't the word, but it has a momentum to it. It's, uh, but what happens? The word you're looking for is a relentless, I believe. Yeah, sure. But I'm just saying, like, I think that it doesn't ask a lot of you right up front. No. But as it goes on, it you just takes keep being a lot like, oh, shit, we're still doing this? This is still... I mean, even the scene where the father and the mother, the main characters, are, like, fighting because she's like, all you want to do is forget our child. And all you, oh, God, just the reality of that argument. You're yeah. like... Oh, that's where we're going. There don't need to be any spookies in this movie for this movie to be traumatic. It's right. It, it's it's all about because clearly, even if there wasn't any ghosts in this family, there are a lot of un, there's a lot of shit simmering below the surface that hasn't been dealt with. Right. Um, clearly, the demented mother is, and by demented, I mean suffering from dementia, not like Doctor Demento. This demented woman is dealing, caring for her is taking a toll on this family as a whole. On top of that, you have. She still blames herself for losing the son, and he clearly, unintentionally, still blames her. And then she's mad at him because he just wants to constructively move forward with their lives. And he keeps reminding her, I know you miss our son, but we still have a daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's alluded to that maybe this woman isn't the best mother, not because she's a cruel person, or not because she doesn't love her daughter, but because she cannot... She cannot get un- unhung up on that. That's a that that is very. No, I'm not gonna say that. She cannot move past the trauma of lo- of losing her son enough to actually care for her daughter in a, in 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 a, in a proper way. Um. So that right there is a tra- that that's a fucking tragedy. Well, she because of the guilt. I mean, let's be clear here, and I, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but. She makes a very poor decision. Like the guilt here is not sometimes in a movie where someone feels guilt over some sort of thing or whatever. You see it and you go, oh, "Why are they? Why are they beating themselves up over that?" You know. Yeah. In this situation, I think a lot of audiences watch this and go, "Oh, that was a oh that was a bad call. You just made a bad parenting call." Yeah. She does something wrong. Yeah. It's not the worst thing ever. But is it worse than anything I've done with my daughter so far? Yeah, it's way fucking worse. Of course, because there's no room for absolution. There's no room for right. self-forgiveness. Because right. you cannot forgive yourself for that because you understand that you are in the fucking wrong. It's not like, Jesus Christ, it's not like at the end of It when Bill Denbro forgives himself for making George the boat. You just can't stop with the Stephen I King can't, stuff. You I, just can't I, let I it can't, go. I can't. But this, it's a, it's, that's a good description. That's a good comparison. It's not like, oh... I was filled with guilt because I thought this was my fault, but it's not actually my fault. And now I can move on with my life and still miss this person, but I can miss them in a very pure way that doesn't involve me beating the fuck out of myself. This woman justifiably is upset with herself. Yeah. And the husband is justifiably upset with her. Yeah. He still loves her. He still misses his son. But And also because she is so upset and so guilty, she still speaks about it like, we're holding out hope that at one point she if, literally sees she sees someone that she thinks is her yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. She thinks that if Granny can just get her shit together, which by the way is never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But if she can just get her shit together, then she'll remember what happened, and then they can all just move on with their lives, which is entirely a delusion. 
That's never going to happen. No. Granny's never going to get her shit together. And even if she could, she's not going to solve this for you because your child wandered off. And, you know, dad, I think is very fair to say, like, it's been long enough that he is dead. Yeah. I mean, is it possible he's not dead? Sure, 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 sure. But how does that... There's a certain point when a child disappears that it, that while it is possibly factually true that they are still alive, how do you imagine that that's happening? You yeah. know what I mean? How, what is the scenario there? And like, I'm not saying any people out there should just give up hope or anything like that. I'm just saying in the scenario of this movie, the father is being realistic by saying, he's he's dead. He's got to be dead. So we need to move on and yeah. love our our you know living child. But she just can't. She just can't. She just can't Even the, do it. it. It's it's worth pointing out that they moved from Seoul, where he went missing. They moved like a a lot away. I think you just could say Seoul. Seoul. Yeah, I think that's they moved right. from Seoul to very far, very away. far away. Like a lot of a Un- lot of ways under away the, under the pretense of this will help mom regain her memory or this will connect her somehow, which. I don't think they really. I don't think he really believes. That's just no. what they're saying. Yeah, but he doesn't think she's gonna get better. No, it's a degenerative illness. You're done. It's yeah. done. Ooh. So, on top of that, in all of that shitstorm that's brewing around, is injected this fucking spooky thing that that a tiger, a eats, tiger, eats a tiger trickster that eats your chi and it looks like a tiny, innocent, beautiful young girl. I mean, the movie makes it clear that these are his servants. They serve him. Yeah. They're like his avatars. And technically, we never see an actual tiger. There's no scene with a tiger. But like, he's present in them enough that you're like, well, that's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not a relevant distinction. Especially the father is portrayed as inhuman enough where you're like, that's, right. that's not a person. Right. That's, that, that's not a human being. <sighs> so that was the mimic. There's so there's I think there's actually a lot more to be said in some ways, but it all circles around the idea that this is a tough movie and it makes you feel bad, but it's very well done and yeah. you should watch it. It's a, again, just like a tale of two sisters. I would advise you to watch this because it is worth seeing at least once because it is a gorgeously shot film. It, there is a lot of very beautiful moments in it that are worth seeing. And even though they're shitty and they're displays of human anguish. The acting in this film is you you have to witness it. You have to feel the empathy that comes with seeing this woman go through what she goes through. The, and, and feeling for her is, it, I don't know, it's just a beautiful thing. It's a horrible thing. It's ugly to behold, but in a way, it just, it's human connection. And it's it, that's a good thing. So, The Mimic, you should go see it. See it. Yeah. All right. So, thank you for listening, as always. We appreciate it very much. Uh, thank you to our Patreon subscribers uh you can head to patreon.com backslash in the bunks for more information if you want to follow us on the twitter we are at the harbiz 666 that's the har b-i-z 666 same on instagram and same on facebook uh you can head to www.cinepunks.com to check out more episodes of this show and episodes of lots of other great shows like the evil eye and cinema smorgasbord and our flagship podcast cinepunks and wine and cheese and tomb of ideas and all sorts of cool shit um, we also have a lot of great articles. I started writing an article recently. This Justin, get it? Because my name's Justin, and oh, yeah. get it? Yeah, no, so yeah, I really get it. You go check that out if you like weird shit, which you obviously do. If you're on iTunes, be sure to give us a, uh, a rating, review us, and then subscribe and just download a bunch uh, and tell other people about us. Share us on Twitter. Share us on Instagram. Say like, 
tell fucking uh tell Mike at the office who always talks about how you know remakes suck. To, you know, I, I I got a podcast for you. Tell tell him about it. Send send him our way. Yeah, and uh, I guess until next time, um, fuck the GOP. Peace. Bye. Don't talk. Just listen. Son, there is no hope, only mystery, wonder, and danger. Black Sun Dispatches on the Cinefunks Podcast.